Thank you for choosing to listen to First Love Podcast from the First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, for March 1st, 2020. Today's sermon is a team effort. Reverend Jonathan Warren and his wife, Siobhan Warren, will be presenting Walking with Jesus into the Wilderness. After the sermon, you'll be able to enjoy the choir singing devotion written by John Ness Beck. God bless and have an awesome week. We can continue in the Gospel of Matthew with the fourth chapter. Let us listen to the Word of God. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Seven years ago, Jonathan went on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and a few weeks ago, I went on the same pilgrimage. We even had the same tour guide, which was a good thing. He was wonderful. (laughs) We sat down together when I got home and pulled out all of our photos, and seven years apart, we realized many of the photos were of exactly the same thing. It was exciting to compare notes with each other, even though we didn't get to travel together. Well, obviously, we can't stand here and tell you all of the details about our trip, and you don't want us to, trust me. But over the next few weeks, we do want to share some of the experiences that we had and some of the things that we learned about the Bible. In your bulletins is an insert with color photos from our respective trips, and we'll be referencing these photos during the sermon, so pull those out. Today's Bible reading is a story that we all learned as kids in Sunday school, isn't it? It's a story that we hear every year in worship. Like the story of Jesus' birth, or like the parable of the Good Samaritan, this story of Jesus' baptism is one that we know really well. John the Baptist is preaching and baptizing people in the River Jordan, and Jesus appears and asks to be baptized. John says he's the one who should be baptized by Jesus. 
But he does it anyway, and the heavens open up, and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. Can you really imagine this scene? I grew up in Arizona, and so the desert was really easy for me to imagine. The river, more of a stretch. So in my desert, riverbeds are dry most of the year. They only fill when there are flash floods during the monsoons and when it rains. So an actual pastime of my childhood was to get in the car and drive down to the river and see whether there was any water in it or not. But the Jordan River was always flowing, as it turns out, like most rivers in the rest of the world. A river flowing through the desert, a ribbon of greenery in this brown landscape. Imagine Jesus removing his dusty sandals and putting his feet into the River Jordan. Now, you're really good at painting a vivid scene, but I imagined it much differently. (laughs) I didn't grow up in the desert. I grew up in Illinois. So when I heard these stories about the Great Jordan River, I imagined it so much differently. I imagined the greatest river I knew, which was the mighty Mississippi. So when I saw the Jordan River for the first time, I was a bit underwhelmed. That's it? That's the Jordan River? Around here, we'd call it a creek. (laughs) Now, as you can see in the first picture, the river has been widened to allow space for groups of pilgrims to enter the water. But as the river flows naturally, Siobhan's image of this Jordan River was much closer to reality. Now, our Presbyterian worship is designed around words. In fact, our Reformed worship is literally centered around the Word of God. We speak words in confession so that we're ready and willing to hear God's Word. And after reading the Word of God, more words, Siobhan and I have carefully crafted a sermon. Then after the sermon is our response to the Word. Offerings, communion, prayers, All this to say, Presbyterians really like words more than anything else. Presbyterians rarely use other senses in worship than listening, yet experiential worship still plays an important part of our faith. We usually save experiential worship for our sacraments, communion, and baptism. In communion today, we pass the elements to one another, we taste the bread and the juice, That's probably why it's so moving and powerful. And then in baptism, most of us watch and listen. Most of us don't even feel the water flowing through our fingers. One of the most moving parts in this pilgrimage was that it was less about words and more about the experience. In fact, it was a little unnerving because we couldn't hide behind our comfortable words. Using all five senses can be messy and sometimes overwhelming. I was so busy listening, I forgot my cue. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the words about baptism, maybe Augustine said it best. He said, baptism is the outward sign of an inward grace. It's kind of like wearing a wedding ring shows that a person is married. Being baptized shows that a person has accepted God's grace and forgiveness. And also like marriage in our tradition, 
you're only baptized once. You don't have another wedding on your 25th anniversary. You have a renewal of your wedding vows. And so you don't get baptized again, but you can renew your baptismal vows. Baptism has always been a part of our Christian faith, literally its outward sign. Archaeologists have found baptismal fonts dating from the first century. In your insert in picture number four is an example of one of these. This is a Christian baptismal pool from the city of Beit Shean. We know what it is because it's decorated with a cross and olive leaves. My tour group arrived at the Jordan River in the late afternoon, and each person who wanted to renew their baptismal vows was given a white cotton robe to wear. An Episcopal priest in our group led everyone in a liturgy for renewing their baptism from the copy of the Book of Common Prayer she brought with her. People took turns sprinkling water on each other's heads. But I wanted to experience something different. So I asked Pastor Kenny Martin, who was a Baptist pastor from Georgia, if he would dunk me all the way under the water. Kenny and I walked down the steps into the water of the Jordan River. When they gave us our robes, they said that it was 40 degrees that day, the water. <laughs> and the true impact of that temperature didn't really register until we were about waist deep. <laughs> the words of the hymn kept going through my head. The Jordan River, chilly and cold, it chills the body but not the soul. Well, Kenny said, plug your nose and bend your knees, which I did. He said, remember your baptism in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and he tilted me backward under the water. Well, a thousand thoughts went racing through my head. Is this how Jesus felt? Maybe Jesus was baptized during the summer when the water was warmer. <laughs> I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit with me. This is a moment I will remember for the rest of my life. In worship, when we say, remember your baptism, this is the moment I'm going to remember. I thought, I'm a Presbyterian. I should say something liturgical. Some of those words Jonathan was talking about. So the photo in your insert is me trying to eke out the words, thanks be to God. But the cold water had taken my breath away. I was literally speechless. This experience was more powerful than any words. When Jesus was baptized, as he was coming out of the water, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We're not exactly sure where Jesus was baptized along the course of the river. Jesus' ministry was around the Sea of Galilee, which the river passes through, and it's a green and fertile land. To the south, the river flows 65 miles to the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point of the earth. This is a desert area where John the Baptist lived, probably the Essene community. Just to get your bearings, Alton is roughly 65 miles south of Jacksonville. In any case, we know that Jesus went from the waters of the river to the wilderness. He moved from a lush and green landscape to a barren one. 
you can see in the last two pictures that not much is growing there. Jesus goes from the high of this baptism experience to the low of being hungry and alone and tempted by Satan for 40 long days. Sometimes this happens to us. In a moment, we can go from the highest experiences to the deepest despairs. But like Jesus, baptism gives us strength to endure the times of the wilderness. That's why it's important for us to see this water every week. This water is one of those experiences that goes beyond words. This water is so much more than just water. It is God's outward sign of His inward grace. He promises that to each one of us. So when we're in those parched places, this is the water that sustains us. Some of us in this room, some of our church family who aren't here physically are in the wilderness right now. Jesus has been there too. This is what the season of Lent is all about, to remind us that whenever we're in the wilderness, we're not alone. So when we're in parched places, this living water never runs dry and always sustains. Over these 40 days in Lent, we'll be walking with Jesus. As uncomfortable as it might be, this journey is about much more than words. Christ is the Word made flesh. It's in His baptism that we discover Jesus is God's Son, the Beloved. It's in our baptism that we receive an outward sign of an inward grace. This wet, cold water is what will sustain us for our long journey in the wilderness and on the way to the cross. Now, walking with Jesus is messy. It's unpredictable. It might even take our breath away. It's an experience like no other. So as we head into the wilderness, into this dry, barren landscape, remember your baptism, which is more powerful than any words. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
For more information about First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please call 217-245-4189. Or you can email us at office at firstpressjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E-F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Our street address is 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, zip code 62650. We have adult and children's Sunday school from 9 to 10 a.m. on Sundays with Sunday services starting at 10 a.m. There is also daycare available. Our website is www.firstpresjax.org. Please come and visit us when you're in the neighborhood. We look forward to seeing you. God bless and have a great week.